is playing both Saints running backs against Atlanta, a smart play in Week 10. Can we now say that Noah Font is for real? And what do you do with George Kittle on Monday Night Football? Plus, the Week 9 leader in the 2019 FFPC main event, Patrick Sikinolfi is here to talk targeting Falcons in drafts, Darius Geis' impending return, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. everybody, if you've got what it takes, your reps and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations. Happy November, everybody, to all the Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts joining us. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented to you by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Falkman. My co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football. He is the Dizzle Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, what should you do with A.J. Green? How good will Chris Herndon be going forward in the Week 9 leader? In the FFPC main event, Patrick Sikonolfi joins us just ahead in about, uh, I would say about 12 minutes or so, to talk about his tough lineup decisions this weekend and much more. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. You guys can post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, at HSFFOR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak is where to do so. Facebook.com slash HSFFOR is where to send your messages there. And, of course, if you want to give us a call, it's 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. football at gmail.com is where we are going to be reading the emails from tonight. Coming up in our fantasy feedback segment later on in the show, the best friend and the audio engineer is Bryce. The mutual friend and producer is Rob, and he is Dave Gerzak. Welcome in, man. How's it going? How are your teams doing as we enter the, as I've been saying, the penultimate week of uh, high-stakes fantasy drafts, or high-stakes fantasy uh, league play? Uh, you know, my private dynasty leagues are all doing great. Uh, my uh, Kentucky teams are, they're, you know, they're on kind of on life support. They're not that great. Yeah. But that's all right. I don't have that, you know, um, I think I have one that will make the playoffs out of three. And, uh, you know, I think... Uh, uh, the rest of our gang has a few that are. Well, we got some. We got some decent ones. Leroy has a really good one. Yeah, Leroy is. Yeah, he's done. He's uh. He's pacing the field. He is so. pacing the field. We're all chasing Leroy. That should be a team name, chasing Leroy. <laughs> uh, so yes, it's very cool that uh, we are. Uh, he- I mean, it's it's weird because in a couple of weeks we're going to be talking Thanksgiving football games. Yeah. Um, and and things are moving uh, right along. Do we have an update on when we will be announcing any new details on the world famous? 2019-2020 FFPC Playoff Challenge. Um, you know, we, see, we're making website upgrades, you know, site upgrades, actually, and we're going to be testing that supposedly late next week and uh, maybe the week after that. I mean, we okay. want to go live by December 1st, and it's just taking a little bit longer. I'd love to be live now, so. Okay. 
But that, that's but, the latest update we have. That's yeah. fine. I was just curious to, to let everybody know. Listen to the after show last week. You might have an idea. You have an idea of, of that's one detail we gave away. The yeah. after show. I like that. The after show. Uh, the the uh, current show for the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown is out right now. Rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, returning guest, Joe Bianco, who is in 10th place in the FFPC main event. We got into a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, uh, starts at decisions that is facing uh, that are facing him this week, as well as a lot of philosophical things with the Browns running back, Seahawks wide receivers, a lot of good stuff in there. And I want to give a shout out to Joe Bianco because today is his birthday. So happy birthday nice. to Mr. Fantasy himself. And uh, you can download that podcast, rotaviz.com slash podcast, also on Apple Podcasts and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We uh, have a Twitter poll I think we can bring up right away tonight, Dave, is, and start, start the show off with some Dynasty talk from our good buddy who's in the chat room right now, Mr. Sports Betting Man, Lance Turbis. That's right. He had a Twitter poll, and apparently he must have gotten some interesting trade offers, so he polled it. And the question was, who do you prefer in, this, in, this, in these trades, Allen Robinson and Daryl Hender, Henderson, or is it four or five 2020 first-round picks? And I'm like, I looked at it, I'm like, laughed. I'm like, obviously right. you prefer the picks. Right. So I, you know, I clicked on it, I made my vote. And there's like 50 votes, so that's not, you know, it's not, it's not a you know, true sample size, but right. it's enough. And it's like, it's like two to one only. It's like 67%. So for the, one, for the one, third, one yeah. third of the people would prefer Robinson and Henderson. Yeah, for, yeah, would prefer Robinson and Henderson would give up four or five 2021st, which is so laughable to me. It's a super deep draft class. Yep. We were posting, I was posting a chat room that my opinion is, the Robinson and Henderson are worth maybe a 2021st, a random one, and a 2022nd at best. That, be, that seems about right. Yeah, Unless I mean, you're a big believer in, or non-believer in Gurley's knee. <laughs> yeah, there you go. yeah, exactly. And, I mean, and people are, and I mean, so on, but, and I get it. Um, but, I mean, even, you know, Henderson's value has definitely not gone up. Uh, and maybe if, it's, maybe if it's a top, if it's a top four 2021st, I might not, I may not take the, that side either. You know, right. I actually, I traded a 2021st for Allen Robinson on a team where I'm, Going to make the playoffs, I'll probably be like 9 through 12th is what I'm guessing was my pick. To get Allen Robinson, I needed a wide receiver. I like him. He's still in his prime. He's good. Yeah. If they can get a good quarterback, he's a great player. But, I mean, that's it. Decent quarterback class this week uh, or uh, this, uh, this, this coming uh, year, too. Or maybe Cam Newton will be taking snaps from under center of the Chicago Bears next year, Dave. Yeah, I, I really wonder about Newton. There's, you know, there's a chance that uh, he – I mean, who knows? I don't know. How, I don't know if he's going to get back or not. Yeah, that he, he pulls he, a luck? Yeah, or he's performing. You know, he's, he's – taking a lot of punishment and his performance recently in his past few years has just not been, you know, that great. So I, they're talking about moving on from him. And I, at first I was like, Oh, come on, that's not going to happen. That's impossible. Yeah. But actually when you look at it, it, it makes some sense. I don't think that the quarterback they have now, I mean, he's averaging, what is he averaging? Like 11 fantasy points a game, you know? This yeah. Season, and you know, not, the, not his, the last time he played on the road was against San Francisco and he was turning the ball over. He looked really, really bad. It'll be telling what he does against green Bay's uh, foundering uh, defense coming up on Sunday, because if he doesn't get it done against them, yeah, I think you have serious questions about the Carolina quarterback position going right. forward. I mean, you know, Christian McCaffrey can only carry a team so far. Maybe, and, you know, and he maybe, really can carry them very far. Well, maybe they, they just run Wildcat all the time. McCaffrey can throw it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, get him 35 who, points. Hey, who was throwing all those footballs in the backyard to his dad, Ed, uh, to, to get him warmed up for the season? Mc, sure. Ed McCaffrey was catching him. Yeah. Somebody had to be throwing him to him. 10-year-old Christian. Here and there you go. Absolutely. I don't, even, I don't know if the math works, so no one checked. Remember, according to Cecil Lammy, is not the best McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is not. Just want to bring that up again. <laughs> By the way, the, uh, I, I noticed I, I, on Twitter, I follow Andy Isabella's little brother, so he may not be the best Isabella. He, uh, they, they went 10-0. 
his younger brother. I, I forgot his name was like Rob Isabella. I thought it was Joey. Oh, Joey. There you go. I, uh, I will say that regarding the McCaffrey comparison and the Isabella comparison, one of those brothers represents a significantly higher bar to jump over <laughs> than the other. Yeah, Isabella's a rookie. Yeah. I floated out five uh, dynasty offers in the Blake Carrington this week, league this week, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, Devontae Parker for a random second-round pick. And got uh, one rejection and four non-replies. <laughs> hey, that's about that's about average. I was I was saying this to Joe Bianco on the on the slowdown. I, I on the lowdown. God, Meyer, it's got me saying. Yes, yeah, the slowdown. Yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> but I was telling him, I, you know, I I didn't necessarily expect anybody to to accept them. I, I was fine if they did. But what I was hoping to get is a counter from somebody, and then once you know, it's kind of like getting a nibble on the hook, and like, okay, now I I can work the work the rod a little bit here on this and, and try to land, land the fish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, now I do. No, phrasing. <laughs> Sexual euphemism. Well, My mind's in the work, gutter. You said work the rod. Work I, the I, rod. I didn't really know what you meant. Yeah, you know what I mean. Now I do when you said fishing. Thanks to football guys, Roto World, <laughs> and Rob for tonight's rundown. No, it's fine. Uh, Alvin Kamara says he It just means I need to fish more. Actually, I really do. Let's go fishing this summer. Let's go. Alvin Kamara says he's comfortable sharing the workload with Latavius Murray. Remember, Latavius Murray, Dave, had hardly been used at all uh, throughout the season. But when Kamara went down, Murray got 307 yards from uh, scrimmage, including four touchdowns. Kamara, I don't need the ball every play. Well, obviously. He's fully capable, too, so I think we'll get a good balance going, and it will be hard to stop. Uh, Sean Payton implied that there will be a timeshare and saying that they're going to be smart with how much they use Alvin Kamara. Dave, I think it goes – hold on. No, go ahead. The point I want to make, it goes without saying you're going to play Alvin Kamara. But what do you do with Latavius Murray this week? Because I think he represents an interesting flex for football guys' leagues. Yeah, with all the bye week players, I think that it makes a lot of sense to start Murray, and I, th- I think he'll do pretty well. But you know what? Also, they're not just totally just. If you own both, would you start both? Oh, uh, if I was really desperate, if I was like, really like desperate, Debo okay, Samuel or something like that, right? But I mean, okay, you guys, you you got let Ingram go. Yep. You signed Murray. As, Talking to New Orleans, not me. Yeah, right. you signed Murray as kind of his quasi replacement. Then you overuse Kamara, and, and then he gets hurt. And then Murray goes in and does what he's done everywhere he's played. And now you're going to use him more? I mean, how stupid really are you? I mean, yeah. I know that they're supposed, they're supposed to be such good coaches down there, but why weren't you using him more before? It, doesn't, it, it makes no well, sense whatsoever. I, I, not I, know the playbook? We are not, not privy to what's going on in practice. So if he's not making plays there or if he's screwing up, then I, I guess I kind of get it. But, yeah, I mean, if he's doing what he's doing out on the field and, on game day, I don't understand it. I mean, I, okay, and I'm, this will be the last time I bring up Isabella on the show. But this – No, brings, it's not. Well, I mean, tonight, of course. I'll bring him up next week. But, I mean, this brings me back to bad coaching. I mean, Kingsbury – Isabella is clearly a talented player. When he gets a chance to play, he makes great plays. And, he, you know, he kind of ripped on Isabella about his touchdown. He's like, oh, yeah, well, he's fast. You know, being, oh, who, who ripped on him? Kingsbury. Oh, Kingsbury, yeah. It's like, you know, being fast counts. Yeah. It does matter, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I still feel very strongly that Kingsbury's misusing him, and then he'll have a great either second half this year or a great year next year, and we'll question Kingsbury's wisdom in leaving him out for crappy, non-talented players like Sherfield or Sheffield or whatever his name is. Right. All right, Dave, moving on. Dave, uh, what, what combo do you like starting better this week, Kamara and Latavius Murray or Melvin Gordon and uh, Austin Eckler from Sports Betting Man? He says James – oh, I got it. Um, well, it's too late. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Happened. Well, what's what's the better combo going forward? I guess then. Um, I I think, God, that's tough because I, mean, I like Eckler better. Than, man, I don't know. I would go Gordon Eckler. That's my favorite of the com of the two choices. I might go 
Kamara Murray because the team is better, the offense is better. It's razor thin, is what we're trying to say. Yeah, it's pretty close. I mean, and they're going to be they're going to play with leads more, whereas uh, whereas uh, the Chargers are going to be trying to trying to win with a minute left and lose at the end. Right. Yeah. Chris Thomason on Twitter reports that Adam Thielen uh, was sidelined at uh, Friday's practice. He has already been uh, listed as out. He only played seven snaps next week. And uh, he's week to week with this hamstring injury. Dave Olavisi Johnson, it you know was was sort of I don't want to say a sexy pickup, but I saw him get picked up in a lot of football guys leagues and, and FFPC main event leagues. But what about Laquan Treadwell? I mean, are, are we jumping the gun by by rostering this guy because he's looked pretty good in limited time when Thielen has gone out? I mean, he's not a player I'm that interested in, but I, I kind of get the argument if you want to pick someone up. I, I don't. I'd probably be looking. not start worthy though. No, I mean I'd rather pick up like Antonio Callaway. As yep. like a guy that, sure. as someone that actually gets targets, can make some plays. He's coming around now, and he's passed the suspension. And who knows? You know, Beckham's kind of a weirdo. He could get hurt or <laughs> freak out, and Landry too. You know, who knows? Yeah. And he's still getting targets as the number three option there. So that's where I would head. I, I'll say this right now: you and I are both saying Laquan Treadwell is not start worthy this week, and six teams are on by. That kind of tells you all you need to know about Laquan Treadwell. If there is a week to play him, it'd be this week. We also told you not to draft him when he came out. So that's true. You avoided a top five wasted pick. Though. Right. Evan Engram is listed as out uh, for week 10 against the Jets. This according to the Giants official Twitter feed. Sterling Shepard also will be joining him on the sidelines. They both have foot injuries. Rhett Ellison played all 50 of the offensive snaps in week six. That was the last time Evan Engram sat. And you would think that he will be in a very similar workload uh, again this week. You look at, um, obviously, Golden Tate, Saquon Barkley are going to be huge parts of this uh, passing offense, Dave. But, again, six teams on by this week. Rhett Ellison is going to get heavy, uh, a heavy workload with no Evan Engram. And it's against the Jets' defense that gave the world to the Miami Dolphins' offense last week. I don't know if you have any feelings on, certainly you don't want to start Rhett Ellison as your number one tight end. But in a tight end premium format, does he make a flex-worthy play for you in leagues this week if you're not desperate? Uh, if you're not desperate, maybe not. But, I mean, you know, he had, I'm, I'm just looking at his stats. He had three catches for 30 yards on seven targets in week six against uh, New England, it was. And uh, so that's pretty – I mean, it's not bad, actually. So he's getting targets. There's so many injuries there. I think he's worth a look. I, you know, if, I wouldn't start him over anyone that's a normal viable player, but there's so many bad options at tight end. Yeah, there are. So, yeah. Um, I uh, I had some – I well, we'll talk about George Kittle coming up later in the show, but I had some issues with um, no Zach Ertz this week. Or not Zach Ertz. Who is the guy? Um, well, Evan Engram, obviously. But there's another tight end that's on by this week, and now it's, it's escaping me. Um, but you know who is out there in a lot of leagues that I picked up? And maybe not FFPC because it's tight end premium. Mike Gesicki and Jack Doyle. I like those guys this week as, as uh, potential um, top 10 tight ends that were available on a lot of waiver wires. So if you have them on your bench, too, they make good fill-ins this week. Totally agreed. Gesicki was cheap, too. And people were – he wasn't even available in the, in the Friday night waivers in a lot of leagues. And he's kind of coming around. I, he's a player I did not like as a rookie. Didn't really like him for dynasty purposes, but he's starting to make plays. So um, he's someone I'm kind of interested in. He is, uh, definitely. Um, we have Patrick Sikanolfi, the uh, FFPC main event leader, coming up in just a minute here. Uh, last thing I want to mention, um, this is more going looking into the future here, but the Thursday night game last night, Josh Jacobs, 16 carries, 71 yards, and a score. Uh, also got three catches for 30 yards. Uh, the Chargers uh, obviously dominated time of possession last night, so Jacobs got off to a fast start, kind of slacked off after that. But he did touch the ball on 20 of Oakland's 55 plays. That's pretty crazy. I uh, had the 18-yard uh, game-winning touchdown with just a minute remaining, Dave. I'm curious about how you think about Josh Jacobs as we look forward 
the 2020 draft. Is this guy in the first round conversation next year, or is that jumping the gun a little bit? Um, I think it might be a little bit of jumping the gun. I, I, I like him. I don't see that he's getting all that much, you know, as enough usage, so to speak, to really be a player you take in the first. But I mean, he's definitely a second round pick type guy. And I guess we'll have to see how the Raiders finish out the season. If, uh, if there's, pro- I, you know, I, again, it's so hard for me to like the Raiders because I think Gruden's a terrible coach. So it's, hey, man, he's 5-4 and four right now with that lineup or with that roster. Well, yeah. What's wrong with them? No, I mean, I, there, I don't know. I just, I just don't like them. They're, they're, yeah. Knock, knock on wood like it. Knock total, on wood if you're with me. What a dipshit. Dave Gerzak. Such, such an idiot. You kidding me, man? What, what's the problem you got with me, man? <laughs> I can't stand him. Do you see me on that Hard Knock show? <laughs> I'm a fucking brilliant coach, man. <laughs> That's great. Um, That's we, actually really good. Thank, thank you very much. You know, it, it's, it's in circulation uh, on local airwaves. For a local sports bar. Coach G. We can't say Gruden on it. Oh, yeah. But it's, yeah. So that's very cool. Luckily, this is a low enough rated podcast. We can say whatever we want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And speaking of which, let's uh, have our guest say whatever he wants as he joins us on the program right now. Heading into the uh, second to last week of the FFPC main event regular season, he finds himself ahead of 2,399 other teams in the chase for the half a million dollar grand prize. He's here to talk about not only how he built the team, but how he has managed it to the top. Please welcome into the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Mr. Patrick Sikanolfi. Patrick, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, gentlemen, how are you? We're doing good. We're Great. doing very good. Uh, it's always good to have, uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of uh, guys in second place, fifth place, you know, top five. This is the first time we've had the, the leader uh, in, in the contest. Now, you haven't won any money yet, Patrick, but it's certainly looking very, very good for you to cash uh, this year. But how does it feel? to be in first place after nine weeks to play in the main event. Unreal, guys. I'm actually pretty shocked about it. I, uh, this is actually my first time ever playing uh, the FFPC main event. So uh, I actually didn't even know uh, where I was on the leaderboard up until about a week and a half ago when, with one, when one of my good buddies uh, um, thought I should take a look. I had no <laughs> idea the leaderboard even existed. So I'm, I'm a little uh, green behind uh, <laughs> I'm a little green on the um, on on this uh, on this competition, but I'm pretty excited for sure. Well, Patrick, no one ever accused us of having a user-friendly website, so I'm sure the, the leaderboard <laughs> is tucked away in the you know the, the, butt, the buttocks of, of of the website. Yep. So yeah, so sorry about that. We should have probably been texting you or something. Yeah, no question. Yeah, that, oh, that's, no, that's 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 no our worries. bad. But but now you know, which is good. Uh, we're going to get into your team and fantasy football uh, in general, Patrick. Before we get to it, can you tell the listeners what you're doing for a living? Actually, I'm an owner of a data and analytics consulting company uh, called Gen Squared here in the Toronto area. So we uh, we help companies uh, use data uh, to help beat the competition. So uh, it, it definitely plays uh, well, and uh, I've got some skills from that that have uh, definitely translated well into the fantasy uh, football arena. Yeah, you're, it's kind of like you're cheating a little bit, though, if you're using this data analytics, you know. Hey, there's plenty of people using data <laughs> analytics out there. But he's, good, he's a professional. There's plenty of professionals using it out there, too. How is he allowed to he's, play? He's not the only I'm one. I'm to check the rules on this. Yeah, you go ahead. Play or not. Yeah. What did you major in in college, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, comp sci and business administration. Oh, can you guys hear me? Sorry, I think I lost you there.
Are you guys still there? Hello. Sorry for that blip in the radar there, folks. Uh, apparently, the uh, the guys behind the scenes have been hitting the salsa a little bit tonight. Patrick, are you back with us? <laughs> I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yes, you're coming through just fine. What we heard when Dave asked you if, uh, if what, what you had majored in, you said you majored in comp sci, and then we got cut off after that. What else were you saying? Uh, business. So com- computer science and comp sci and business. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's a good combo, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. I always, you know, I don't want to get into a whole major thing here, but, you know, um, what I have heard by and large over and over again, and it doesn't matter what field you majored in, whether, you know, the medical field or, or uh, you know, the entertainment industry, you know, radio, TV, film, uh, journalism, uh, anything like that, everybody always invariably has said the most successful people, if you're not going to major in business, at least get a business minor. Oh, really? Yeah, like over and over and over again. Like oh. at, at least have some sort of business degree that heard, you can carry with you. I nepotism is really good at having connections. Nepotism's huge. It's just <laughs> tough to major in it. Right, that, yeah, that's the issue I always yeah, had. I, I tried to major in nepotism, and then uh, they said, well, what's your name? I said, it's Eric Falkman. You they said, Hunter Biden. They, no, and they said, we know your father. <laughs> you need to find a different major. So uh, that, that was, that was my, 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 uh, right. my issue with that. Now we'll actually ask some real yes, questions. Yes, get into fantasy football Sorry, here. Patrick, this, this interview will get better. Right. Um, so only one main <laughs> no event worries. for you this year. <laughs> You're still ahead of everyone else, 2,399 other teams. Um, including some people who own like 50 or 60 or 70 teams. That's great. And you can't, you have the 12 pick. Yeah, the 12 pick. Uh, you know, Patrick, this also isn't allowed. The 12, everyone, it's always the one pick that always is as well. So, right. Yeah. So anyway, you got the 12 pick. What was your strategy for assembling the team though? When you, when you knew you had that pick? Well, again, I, I for me, it's, it's really just about trying to get the, uh, the best available players. And it's tough when you're at the 12th pick, but, uh, you know, I, one, one guy that I was pretty high on going in and I thought I definitely would, would see him fall to me was, uh, was Dalvin Cook. So I was, I was all over that. When he fell to me, I was ecstatic about that um, because I, I really felt that of all the guys that weren't in the top five, he's probably the one guy that could be there at the end of the season. So he's, uh, he's definitely played some dividends for me. Um, beyond that, I mean, I was really um, high on, on getting some high, some players from some high-scoring offenses that I thought would be in a lot of shootouts this year. So I was pretty high on getting uh, some Atlanta Falcons and some Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't really manage many on the Bucks, but uh, but I did get uh, Julio and Ryan and Hooper, which uh, which I was pretty happy about as well. I want to get into that for sure. And the other thing that we, we should mention, um, we, we David just uh, said that this is your only uh, FFPC main event. Uh, team this year you had told us earlier this is your first ffpc main event and the reason you found out about this was actually one of your buddies in another league that you're in right yeah we're in this league uh, it's um it's called the uh, fantasy football league of extraordinary gentlemen we've been we've been playing this thing for 25 years and uh, we've That's got great. this trophy that looks like the heisman uh, and it's it's as big as it's probably a little bigger than the Heisman to be honest with you. And it's called the Cat's Ass. So uh, so we've been playing for that thing for 25 years. And uh, yeah, one of my good buddies Lee uh, has been in the league with me for a long time, and he's been in the FSPC, uh, and he's been trying to egg me on for a few years now. He keeps coming up to me. You know, he said in the past, uh, you know, I've I've done he's done really well in the league, and uh, 
given that I'm a better fantasy player than him, he said I definitely should join um, the FFPC because he's been doing pretty good. So, you know, I uh, I joined. So, and uh, here I am. So the league is awesome. Bunch of great guys, and uh, we take it pretty uh, pretty serious. I'll say the one thing about that league in 25 years, uh, I've got one of the best win loss records, but I've never won. So it's been crazy. I've I've been in the finals quite a few times, but uh, have lost. Uh, so I can't. Seems like I've got a, a stroke of bad luck in the finals, so I'm hoping this year's a, a different year. Be crazy if you end up losing that league again this year, but in your first year of the main event, you end up taking home a half million bucks. That would be quite the story. Yeah. If, yeah. If, I mean, Amazing, if you get all yeah. the other guys in your league to join. Yeah. No, you guys I, keep I'm checking trying. my butt all year long, so why don't you join the FFPC? <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple guys in it, so uh, – so they're, uh, I'm not sure quite sure where they are, but they've, uh, and Lee, Lee plays quite a bit. And the other, uh, the other guy's name is John. He's in it, I think for the first time uh, this year as well. So, oh, that's uh, well, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens. The uh, it, it's, it's crazy because um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I've had a lot of success in that league in the last three years. I think I've only lost three games in three years in that league, but every time I get to the final, I just, it, the stars do not align. So it's, it's kind of, it kind of sucks, but uh hoping this year things change uh, in both leagues. I'd love to win both, to be honest. Patrick Sikinoffi, the leader of the FFPC main event, heading into Week 10, joining the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. You had mentioned uh, earlier uh, when we were talking about how you put together this team, uh, these Falcons that, that you had uh, drafted in the passing game, Austin Hooper, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. Was that, was that part of the plan? I mean, were you targeting players on, on that Falcons uh, passing attack, or did it just fall into – when it got to you on the turn, um, you're looking at best player available, and it just happened to be Falcons at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, like I said earlier, I, I really had a couple of teams. I, I like to – I mean, I draft players, but I also try to draft situations. So um, one of the things, actually, that I follow a lot of is uh, the fantasy football scientist who has this, uh, this metric around shootout score, and, and he basically applies that to uh, – to players and basically the shootout score indicates the chances that that team and that player are going to get into games where their offense is a, is a, is, is a good high scoring offense who's playing a, a kind of a mediocre defense uh, and a team that has a mediocre defense. So, you know, typically those are kind of the, uh, you know, the, 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 the all the factors you want uh, in, in every fantasy football game. So I, I, I saw that Atlanta had a lot of players, uh, with a high score there, and uh, Matt Ryan was one, so I was pretty high on him. I was, uh, you know, being in the 12th pick overall, I also saw Julio come up, and, and he's a pretty safe guy uh, to pick at the wide receiver spot. And so, yeah, kind of just fell in line, and then Hooper came up. I mean, I was, you know, I missed out on the big tight ends. They went really early, and, uh, you know, I, I got Hooper really late, so huge value for me. I think I can't remember what round it was, but it certainly wasn't, anywhere near the first few rounds. So, Yeah, Hooper was really interesting because it seems like a lot of people, he was kind of like, you know, the last guy in that tier, maybe the top seven or eight guys. And it was almost like the remorse pick, like, oh, I'll just take Hooper. He's not, he has no upside. You know, that, that was kind of the thought process yeah. for a lot of people who were like, ah, Hooper is good for like 55 and 600 and like five, six touchdowns, or whatever, whatever the number is. But obviously, it's clearly going to be way better than that finish for him. Once they fall, yeah, and I was super thrilled in the off season that I sold him for the two hundred four pick in one of my dynasty leagues. Absolutely thrilled. Thought I made a genius decision, and uh, now it's looking like an awful decision. Should, <laughs> could have used him. 
I thought, hey, man, I got Greg Olson, O.J. Howard, Trey Burton. What do I need Austin Hooper for? Oh, he's only the best option I had at tight end. <laughs> what did Tra- you do? You Traded him away for the 204. Who'd you pick? I don't remember. It's some stone that's like doing nothing. Yeah, no, Isabella wasn't around at that at that point. No, I don't, I don't remember who I picked at, at the two. Was Noah Fant available? Uh, he was. I did not take him. Okay. Because I had already taken Hawkinson, so I wasn't going to go tight end, tight end. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, it's one of those things. Speaking of uh, of uh, Noah Fant. Yeah, Noah Fant. So he had a 75-yard touchdown last week against the Browns. Um, do you think this is a sign of things to come for the second half of the season for Fant? Is he, uh, you know, kind of a late late rookie breakout at tight end? I hope so. I, I picked him up actually in, in both my leagues. So the, the, uh, the, uh, cast ass league and, and the FFPC league, I have him uh, in both leagues. I uh, picked him up this past week in the waiver wire, uh, in the FFPC. I, I think he's in a ripe situation uh, to flourish. I mean, he's, you know, I really think Flacco has just been awful <laughs> the last, uh, the first half of the season. And, that, that QB situation, I think, has gotten better, even though they've got a you know a rookie in there. But you know, it's uh, he, he seems to have the the legs to be able to move around in that offense and 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 alleviate some of the challenges of that offensive line. And you know, if you look at what Fant's done, um, I think there's a bit of a regression of the mean. He's had some early unfortunate drops in the season, and uh, he's definitely got the skills and the speed to really you know he, you saw in that run, he can take it to the house. He's got the jets, so. You know, my hope is uh, he'll help me out, and uh, I think he really uh, has an opportunity to uh, to excel in the second half of the season. Fellas, you can't uh, spell fantasy without fans, so certainly this could be a big thing. Uh, things to, and you know, people <laughs> say, good, yeah, thank you, bad. thank you very much. And and you know, people talk about you, and you mentioned it, Patrick, um, with Brandon Allen uh, throwing him the rock. Um, Any you know, young player, rookie, whatever, but. Uh, Flacco was terrible. I, I don't know how much of, the, of a yeah. downgrade this is. You know who's you know? great, though, is Flacco's agent. Oh, yeah, totally. What an amazing <laughs> He's the real MVP, oh, as the God, kids say. So good. Um, <laughs> no, but, but, you know, and even if Drew Locke takes over at some point when he comes off IR, I really don't know. You know, you talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about Cortland Sutton here. Actually, we'll talk about Cortland Sutton right now. But you, I, I don't necessarily think this is a downgrade for Broncos pass catchers. Fant and, and Sutton, I, I, this at worst, could be a lateral move. Um, you have both Cortland Sutton and Tyrell Williams, Patrick, on, on your main event team that's in first place right now. Who do you think has a better second half between these two uh, receivers going forward? Obviously, um, you know, Tyrell Williams fought the injury bug, looks like he's back, and then you have Sutton getting the new quarterback. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be Sutton. I think if you look at the two, Sutton's got more skills. Uh, you know, when you look at him, he definitely looks like the more talented player. I think Tyrell right now has probably the better quarterback. Um, but, you know, if, if like I said, I, I, I don't think that the quarterback situation got any worse. In fact, it probably got better in Denver. And so I can't imagine he's going to do anything worse than he's already done. You know, and he's, I mean, sorry, he's done well up until now. So I can't imagine he's going to regress much. Um, whereas Tyrell, you know, it's kind of hit and miss in that offense. They really like to target the tight ends there. So he's been a – He's been a guy really dependent on touchdowns for most of the season. So I'm going to go with Sutton on this one. And in fact, this week I would have probably sat Tyrell if I absolutely didn't have to start him, but I've got pretty much, uh, I think eight guys on by. So I had no choice. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Um, so this week, speaking of players on by, the Redskins are on by this week, right? Paul? They are indeed. So uh, Darius Geis, he's coming off IR. He's coming back. Um, and Adrian Peterson's actually doing relatively well. He's not the best pass catcher, but uh, what do you think the split's going to look like between Geis and AP 
you know, starting next week. Yeah, that's that's tough to say. I, I drafted Geis actually pretty high in the FFPC, so I was pretty high on him and thought he'd have a, a really great season this year. Um, and actually, it's open to roster him again, but just missed him on the waiver. I think I got overbid by about 20 bucks. Um, so, I mean, I think he's got all the talent in the world. Um, I think the challenge has been the, the, the health, uh, the knee health. And, uh, and and I think that's really the, the wild card here. Obviously, given where he's coming from, he had the, the obviously the ACL and, and some of the, um, uh, you know, and then the, the uh, I think it was a meniscus issue. Um, you know, they're going to probably bring him in slowly. So that, that's, I suspect he'll, you know, he's not going to see all, uh, an even split or even uh, majority or an even split uh, this, this coming week. And they'll probably try to pull them in, uh, bring him in a little slowly. Um, and we'll see, I guess, you know, how the knee holds up. So I think you're not going to see that, you know, an even split, I think, for a couple of weeks. But, hey, he might be the guy near the end and he might uh, help some teams in the playoffs. By the way, let me just say this. I'm going to put this on record, Balky. Okay. I think bringing back Mahomes this week is a mistake for Kansas. Really? Yeah, I think they should let him take the week off. And, you know, why are you bringing him back now? You don't really have to. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, so that's, if, that's interesting. So if he gets hurt, you know, once again, I also didn't think they should have QB sneaked him when he, you know, dislocated the kneecap. You have made that point abu- clear. abundantly clear yeah. on, on, on this program. Protect your franchise quarterback at all costs. There you go. I say you yeah, I would, at all costs. I agree with you guys on that one. <laughs> I, I agree on that one for sure. <laughs> Um, I'm just curious. Uh, I'm looking at this right now, Dave. The Chiefs are at Tennessee this week, who played some pretty good football last week. Do you think that Reed thinks that he cannot win that game with Matt Moore? Uh, I mean, that, know, that's is that what you're telling your team? I think you should say, you know, your team is good enough with Matt Moore. I mean, he, look at all the, the receivers they have are outstanding. I know Tennessee plays – Tennessee is a Jekyll and Hyde team. Too. They are. They're kind of like the Chargers in one – you know – They'll go on the road and win like 42 to three, and then they'll go home and they'll, they'll lose games too by the same score. <laughs> by two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah they, they don't make any sense sometimes. So who knows? Uh, we're talking with Patrick Sikadolfi, the leader in the 2019 FFPC main event, heading into week 10. And uh, looking at your lineup this week, Patrick, no Philip Lindsay, no DJ Chark, no Cortland Sutton. They are all on bye. Did you consider putting in Gerald Everett or Eric Ebron, uh, you know, in, in this tight end premium format? over A.J. Brown in your second flex spot, or, or was that more of an easy decision for you as the, they have this juicy matchup at home against that Chiefs secondary, which leaves a lot to be desired? Well, I trust me. I've, I've tried considering everybody. There's not a lot out there. It's slim pickings this week, uh, and you know, it's really tough. I, I don't think I've ever – I don't know if I've ever seen a week in fantasy football where we've had this many people on by. It seems like a lot more than I've ever seen. But, uh, you know, I think it, it was harder – uh, earlier on in the week, when I saw that uh, that Corey David um, uh, Corey Davis is out, um, you know that to me was uh, was made it an easy decision um, to, um, uh, to to go forward with him. I think that's um, uh, you know given given the, the matchup, given you know the the lack of other targets there, I think it was it made it a lot easier later on in the week for sure. I think Ebron's an interesting start, Balky, because he had a conversation with the coaching staff this week about his, you know, usage. Now, I think it's one of those squeaky wheel things, and they're playing Miami at home, so they'll, you know, they'll probably run up the score a little bit. I think Ebron gets a touchdown. In one of my leagues, one of my dynasty leagues, I have Corey Davis uh, in the starting lineup right now, and I will, have to, miss, right? I will have to take him out, but you know who I have on my bench? You guessed it, A.J. Brown. What are the secrets in fantasy, Dave? Having For all the fantasy crappy- success? 
Loading up on all those mediocre receivers <laughs> on below average passing. Make sure offenses. you get Humphreys too. You know he's the. Oh, don't worry, he's on that team too. He's the third cog in that clogged up engine. All, all I'm missing is Tajay Sharp, and I believe that's a <laughs> that's a royal flush down the toilet. Where's Taewon Taylor? I, I don't think he's on that team NFL anymore. anymore. No, I don't think he is. I think he's I think he's gone. All right. So speaking of players that suck totally and are monster disappointments, and I hate them. Are you dropping? Well, you AJ? hate AJ Green? Yes. Wow. That's, you, this is powerful stuff. I, I don't own him in Dynasty, so I totally hate him. Are you I don't dropping own him A.J. In, yeah. Green if you own him now? But I did buy, get him in redraft. Anyway, sorry. Do you, are you dropping A.J. Green? Because I dropped him the rest of the, you know, this week. Yeah, he's – I mean, I think he's done. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if he's coming back at all, uh, given that injury. I mean, uh, if you guys heard much more on that, I, I've been reading up, and it seems like a, an injury that uh, potentially could be, uh, you know, to keep him out for quite, a, quite an extended period of time. So – I mean, I don't think I don't see him coming back into the fold this season, and even if he does, that I mean, I'm not sure I trust anybody on that offense right now. I we're going to get into Joe Mixon. We have a Joe Mixon email coming up later on in the show, Dave. But I will say this about AJ Green: just just you don't even have to read between the lines on this. This dude got hurt on a bad field in the preseason. Yes, they have handled him with kid gloves despite losing every single game thus far. While also extending Tyler Boyd and not extending him. Yep. And they keep him past the trade deadline. They don't move him. Now all of a sudden he's practicing in his very first practice back. What happens? Pushed it too hard, has a setback. And allegedly. You're, allegedly. And now you're talking about the remainder of the season. What's the motivation to bring A.J. Green back out there? And even, I mean, that's assuming that, that he's going to get healthy at some point. It took him this long to even start practicing again. He's not a young man by NFL receiver standards anymore. Um, and, and you're talking about bringing him back before the season ends where he still has a chance to be fantasy relevant. I don't, I don't really see that happening. Well, I think Sports Betting Man has the best two-sentence analysis of this. A.J. Green is a jerk-off, period. He's milking yeah, period. And, and, so and there you go. That's now, it. hold That's on. Now, now, I will say this. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that is a bad decision for A.J. Green I agree either. Too, yeah. If I was his agent, I'd be giving him that same advice. And I mean, you're trying to cash in on another contract and pushing yourself for an 0-8 team, I don't think necessarily does it. Cincy's a terrible organization, so move on to anywhere else other than Miami or Cincy. But what about Washington? Yeah, they're pretty bad, too. I would even go to Oak. I would go to the Raiders. Oh, I would, too. Yeah. yeah. If they're going to Vegas, why not? Yeah. Well, even, even if they weren't. Even having to listen to knock on wood Gruden, it's fine. Yeah, th- tell you something about this A.J. Green, man. <laughs> Please, no more. We'd love to have him on our football <laughs> oh, team. He's God. a difference we, maker. Do we have out any there, emails man. today? Yeah, uh, we do, actually. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. None from uh, Coach Gruden. But we do, Patrick, have one from, from Cincinnati, actually. Jim in Cincinnati writes, hello, Patrick. Right now, Galladay is wide receiver 11, and Marvin Jones is wide receiver 15. Do you see them keeping up that pace the rest of the season, making both of them must-starts? That is Jim in Cincinnati. Thank you for the email, Jim. Galladay and Jones, they've been quietly really good this year, Patrick. Are, are they must-starts going forward, given what they've already put up? No, I, I mean, I, I, I believe in Galladay. I'm not, I'm not sold on Jones. I, you know, I think he's, he's up and down. Um, I mean, he could be, but he could, he could still put up some decent numbers the rest of the season. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not buying the Detroit, uh, the Detroit offense um, maintaining these types of um, uh, of results. So I'll stick with Galladay Jones. I think he's more a wide receiver, three or four uh, down the road. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, I, you know, I own Marvin Jones in a couple leagues, 
And I've actually started him more than I've sat him, but I, I thought the league, the weeks I sat him, I, I felt pretty good about it. I, I never. But did you sat him during the four touchdown week? Because no, I sat him. No, no, no. I started. No, I started him that week in, in all my leagues. Well, so, yeah, I, I think that you know, I you know, I think Jones, he's getting targets. I you know, I respectfully disagree a little bit. I think okay. that Jones is going to kind of maintain his in that neighborhood of value, and that's okay. I mean, Matthew Stafford to, is questionable this week for what it's worth. Well, I mean, that's that matters. I mean, right. for this week's decision, right? But yeah. Okay. Uh, one more email here for you, Patrick. Alex in Syracuse, New York. How do you? All right, I don't. I don't know how to read this. How do you, Devin Singletary's role with the Bills going forward? Whoever wrote this. Uh... Hey, Rob, clean up those emails. All uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to proofread these better. How do you see? I'll, I'll just put it in. How do you see Devin Singletary's role with the Bills going forward? Is he a potential FFPC league winner? Good work in the main, man. That is Alex in Syracuse, New York. Alex needs a grammar lesson. But Devin Singletary, Patrick, what do you see with him? Because it seems like he took over that Buffalo backfield last week. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's that's the guy they want in there. Um, you know, long term, that's 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 their that's going to be their their workhorse back. But I, I still don't see him. Uh, I mean, it's the Buffalo Bills, so I mean, I, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of that offense. Uh, I mean, I think he'll put up reasonable numbers. I think last week. Um, Last week might, was a great week for him, but I, I can't see him putting up uh, those kind of numbers week over week. So I think he'll be a good RB2, maybe RB3 uh, down the road. I don't see him as being, uh, you know, an RB1 uh, type player that's going to that's gonna take a team to the, to, the, um, um, uh, to, to the championship. But, I mean, he's a nice surprise for sure, and I think we've been waiting a while uh, to have him start put up some points in that, in that, uh, in that situation. One final question for Patrick before we let him go, Dave. Does that sound good? Sure thing. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about Singletary? I like him, but it's unfair because you know how I feel about guys on my dynasty teams. I, I unfairly say that they're awesome. Oh, that's right. Um, no, but, you know, it's, the thing is with Singletary, and I think you made the good point, if, if you look at what Buffalo wants to do, I, I don't think they, they see Frank Gore as, as the guy who's going to carry him even through the rest of this season. I, I think they want De- Devin Singletary's game-breaking ability in there. This is a guy who didn't test all that great at the combine metrics-wise, but on the football field, he gets it done, and he's getting it done with Buffalo, playing behind Josh Allen, having a guy like John Brown on the outside taking the lid off defenses. I think there's a lot of stuff available for him for fantasy as long as he stays on the field and he doesn't fumble the ball. I, there's great things going for it. I, I think he's a top-20 running back the rest of the way. What, 20? Wow. Top-20, yeah. Well, you know, they do have a good defense. They're playing with leads a lot of times, and I don't – like, I agree with you. He's not very – not all that talented of a back, but even being a regular just-a-guy type talent means if you're playing with leads, you're going to get 20 carries. Plus, they're uh, in the same division as the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. That right. always helps. That does help a lot. All right. Buffalo so, could win 12 games this year. How insane is that? That is pretty nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People are going to be uh, excited up in uh, upstate New York. You know, and the last thing you need is getting Bills fans excited about that team. I read an article on ESPN.com this week about these people, you know, these people tail- on ESPN.com. Uh, yeah, I do. Oh, wow. The 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 Bills Mafia, the stuff that they do before these games, they they have a porta john where they hide beer in there. They they dump, they pour condiments all over guys in, in the parking lot before. And you remember the, <laughs> the they jump off trucks into flaming folding tables. I didn't, I didn't know. Oh my that. god, it's, it's 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 insane. Micah Hyde who I'm played sure Patrick's for the, very I'll just, I'll say this, Micah Hyde, who played for the Packers for like four or five years. And you know how we love our tailgates and partying in Northeast Wisconsin and Green Bay. Um, his wife goes in, in the parking lot, you know, with, with these, at these Bills games to check out what the Bills Mafia is doing. 
and she is in awe. I mean, she's seen the Packers side of it, and she's seen the Bills side, and she's like, this is unbelievable here. They're on a different level in Buffalo, and you couple that with a great football team, the world could frankly end. Yes, I'm sure the, the Bills Mafia is really they are. vaulting Devin Singletary to just I another thought, level. Uh, you, same page, you and I. Same <laughs> mind right here. All right, Patrick, last question. Guys, uh, guys, we're looking just for this team. week. Go ahead. I was just going to say, my my hometown is about half an hour from Buffalo. Trust me, the last thing I want to see is a successful Buffalo Bills team. I, I they they go nuts, and they (laughs) they, the Buffalo Bills fans are the craziest guys in the world. So I've I had to grow up with those guys, and uh, yeah, I you know I'm 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 hoping they don't go too uh, they they don't go too deep uh, into the uh, into the playoffs. So things might start uh, uh, getting set on fire around the hometown. What one of the he has to be yeah for sure I the other thing I remember this one guy in there he makes Italian wedding soup and he's been making it in the same gardening watering can for like twenty years right, and he, it's an, it's it's incredibly disgusting and these people love it anyway right. it doesn't oh, surprise me guys it doesn't surprise me <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right so. We're looking for a player that a lot of FFPC participants will be starting, but they should actually consider benching this player in Week 10, as well as a sleeper that definitely should be started, but a lot of times it's, uh, he's currently on their bench. Uh, well, I'm, you know, I'll tell you guys, full disclosure, I'm a big Steeler fan, but I will uh, – I, w- I think Juju is going to have a tough time this week, so he's a guy I'm a little worried about. I, it's tough to bench a guy you pick that high. Uh, but I think he's going to be in really tough against that Rams secondary this uh, this week. Um, so that's one, and that I mean that you know it's obviously dependent given the bye week. Uh, you know who you could start that's going to that's going to be um, that's going to be better than him. But he's definitely uh, you know one that uh, that I would consider if you have more options. Uh, the other would probably be Robbie Anderson. Uh, I, you know I just Darnold has not looked good. Uh, throwing the deep ball, and uh, really that's his bread and butter pass. I don't think Darnold just hasn't had enough time in that pocket to get the to get the ball down the field. Uh, that offense has not looked good. So I, I'd say those are probably the two guys that I would consider benching this week that might be in people's starting lineup because they picked them uh, probably pretty high in the draft. Um, in terms of sleepers, uh, well, we talked about one, I think A.J. Brown, Definitely one uh, that I would that I would recommend having in people's lineups this week, and another one uh, would be Darius Slayton. I think with Shepard out, um, and I think given uh, it's the Battle of New York, I think we have might have a pretty uh, a pretty good high scoring match there. So uh, Darius Slayton might be a guy I'd look at um, and at uh, putting in if he's not uh, if he's on your bench. And then one last one, a real deep sleeper. Uh, now that Sanu is out and Ryan's back in the fold in Atlanta, uh, a guy like Russell Gage might be, um, you know, if you're really desperate, might be a guy you might want to throw in there. You guys still there? Hello?
I believe we are back live here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football. I apologize uh, for the uh, for the issues tonight. I just want to make this clear: this was not a Blog Talk Radio issue the second time. It was uh, it was another issue on our end. Uh, good thing we have our uh, audio engineer Bryce uh, right on top of it, and that is why he is my best friend, ladies and gentlemen. I believe we still have Patrick. Patrick, you still with us? Still here, guys. That you are Can the you man. He's the best guy. This. Yes, yeah, you are coming through. The, the, we're the worst, you're the best. The perseverance, uh, this is what it takes to get to the top of the main event, ladies and gentlemen, stuff like this. Patrick, Bucky we, usually pretends to root for whoever the guy I'm, is. I'm definitely but rooting for Patrick, yeah. For so we got the Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> call. Do you have a sleeper for us in, in Week 10, Patrick? Yeah, so my sleeper, um, I, well, we already talked about A.J. Brown uh, against the Chiefs would be one. Uh, the other um, was, uh, I think, Darius Slayton uh, was shepherd out. And uh, if you're really looking for a deep, deep sleeper, uh, how about Russell Gage in Atlanta now that the news has shipped out to Ooh. New England? I think that's, uh, if you're really desperate, that's a guy you might want to look at. Man, there will be some desperate teams. I know I have one team this week that has eight guys on by. Eight. It's insane. It's like I drafted – uh, to, to, to have my whole team on by in, in week 10 and, and really set myself up for disaster. A guy who has not hit, uh, set his team up for disaster, Patrick Sikonoffi, the FFPC main event leader heading into week 10. Congratulations on the success you've had so far, Patrick. Good luck, not only this weekend, but the rest of the way. Who knows, uh, your first foray into the FFPC might be the most profitable one uh, you could ever uh, imagine. Thanks so much for not only putting up with us tonight, but enlightening us, entertaining us, informing us. We really appreciate it, dude. Enjoy the rest of your day and your weekend. Awesome, guys. Thanks a lot. Good luck as well. And uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll talk to you uh, soon. All yeah, right. After week 16, we'll talk to you when you win the big That's big right. Time. That's right. That's what it's all about, Patrick. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Have a good night. All right. You Thanks. bet. You do. You, uh, you too, dude. This is great. Uh, Patrick uh, Sikonolfi uh, joining us here on the uh, HSFF Hour tonight. What a good dude. I can't believe, you know, I, I you know. Yeah, that's you, Spectrum Internet. You would have hung up after five seconds of being disconnected. Yeah, the first time. I'd be mean, like, this show sucks. Right. right. Well, you say that before we go on the air every week. Well, I do, yeah. And, I'm, I'm, and then I'm I always have to I'll just, yeah, pour yourself a glass of wine. Come on, it'll be fun. Speaking of wine. Um, yeah, do you like the good wine I have? No, no, no. I was going to ask you, did Kurt Kikis hook you up in Vegas? I totally forgot about it uh, up until now. Hook me up. He said he was going to bring some wine out there. And then I, I, I saw him briefly at the, um, the viewing party on Sunday. Um, at Caesars, and I forgot to ask him. Uh, no, he didn't. But I mean, it's not like it's, I'm, you know, not taking it personally. No, I, no, I, I was just curious if he gave you a bottle. Like I would, I would dip into it just to give, give feedback on that. <laughs> no, I don't have. A, okay, that's fine. I don't have a Kikas bottle. No, Kikas bottle. Ah, there's a Kentucky team name. All right, let's get to some emails. We got about seven minutes left in the show. I think we can pound these out here, Dave. First is from Will in San Francisco. Hollister is already owned in my league, and I don't know if Kittle is worth the potential zero on Monday night. Would you play Jason Witten or O.J. Howard instead of Kittle? That's Will in San Francisco. Dave, um, George Kittle did not practice again today. He is looking very, very doubtful for Monday night. Now, he does have Saturday. He does have the Saturday practice. If he is out there on Saturday, I feel pretty good starting him on Monday night. Um, but if he doesn't go tomorrow, I think you've got to start somebody else. For sure. I uh, totally agree. And, and even if it's Witten or Howard, you're good with that? Yeah, I prefer Witten to Howard because he's, he's a better uh, yeah. football player. And even the stupid coach is talking about – I'm sorry to rip on coaches all the time. But the coach is talking about Howard and that, you know, that they love his blocking. 
which oh, is yeah. fine. I mean, for yeah. the team's sake, it's fine. Yeah. For our sake, it's terrible. It's terrible. It is absolutely terrible. Um, okay, so I guess it just boils down to this. If Kittle practices tomorrow, you start Kittle on Monday night. If he doesn't practice, you play somebody else, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, there's maybe a little bit of a dribble of news Sunday morning. Uh, there could be. And Witten plays Sunday night, too, so you would have that extra time if you're waiting on him. Yeah, that helps. Uh, Tony in Windsor, North, Co- uh, North Carolina, North Dakota, excuse me. What's up guys. If Chris Herndon returns this week, are you playing him right away? And is he a must flex in my football guys leagues as soon as he does play? Um, I would say the opposite. Okay. He's a must not flex. Okay. No, I'm not playing. Him. Really? Yeah. This is a, and you were, you were singing his praises in 2018. I, th- I think he's a very talented player and I still think he's a very talented player. He's hurt. He's not even the starter right now. Right. Wasn't Griffin starting? Griffin. Yeah, Ryan Griffin, yeah. Yeah, why is all of a sudden Herning going to go on there and get a bunch of targets? He's I don't think Ryan Griffin's all that talented. No, that's true. But, again, we're back to NFL coaches. What do you think? They're just going to say, oh, hey, Griffin, good job. I'll go to the bench. No, they're, they're probably split, split time at best. Right. Herning is out for me entirely until he plays and has a really solid game. Roster? Is he rosterable? Barely in redraft, in my opinion. Hey, but, I mean, tight end premium leagues. I mean, yeah, even that. Wow. Barely. That's just crazy. Well, I mean, he hasn't. He's done nothing. Well, he's at been all. hurt. He's been yeah, hurt. That's he's why. He's been hurt, and then he's gotten re-hurt. Maybe he'll get re-hurt next week. Re- re-hurt. Re-re-hurt. No, it's re-re-hurt. Re-re-hurt. He's gotten re-hurt already. Oh uh, yeah, I think that was a a, a character on uh, that. What's happening? <laughs> re-re-hurt. Hey hey hey. Yeah. <laughs> I've been re-re-hurt. That's uh, that was D, right? <laughs> I think D's the one I always said. Hey hey hey. <laughs> yeah. That was D. That was a fun show. I, I I barely remember it. Yeah. At good times, the Jeffersons. I mean, they're yeah. all different, but they're all yeah. pretty good. Oh, it's so good. I'm glad you said they're different. Stanford and Son. Yeah. Wanna 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 wanna. <laughs> good stuff. Oh, they're all enjoyable. Jeff in Egan, Minnesota. Whatever happened to Nick at night? All those classic TV. Did yeah. they did that go off the air? Nickelodeon's still around. No, no, but Nick at night, where they had um, you know, all those classic TV shows, like Three's Company, they'd show. Um, what was the Ted Knight show? Um, too close, for, too close for comfort was on there. Uh, all in the family. Yeah, they're probably showing like uh, you know commercials for vacuum cleaners now. You know what's funny is is we've gotten we've become so old now. The the classic Nick at night is probably like <laughs> hanging with Mr. Cooper and Perfect Strangers. You know. Speaking of Mr. Cooper, is Mr. Cooper going to play this week? Do we have a question about that? No, but I'm just asking in general. I don't. I wonder. Uh, I. I am like 95% sure he plays. Here's what I read on him this week. He had an MRI, and the um, results backed up what the Cowboys already thought. Uh, Mari Cooper said he's pretty confident. He said he loves football. He's going to be out there. So I, I, I am starting him with – I only own him in one league, but I'm starting him with confidence. Yeah, right on. Okay. Is that what you're doing too? You're not yeah. starting him with confidence apparently, yeah, but I'll you're probably, starting I'll him. Yeah, I'll probably start him. Yeah, you know, too close for comfort – my favorite character on that show is, of course, Jim J. Bullock. Yes, Monroe. Yeah, he was Monroe. <laughs> he was great. Yeah, he was. That, I don't. Who are the women on that show? Do you remember? I forgot. Yeah, me too. I just remember those two guys. <laughs> I mean, Ted Knight and Monroe. Their dynamic was was great. Yeah, Ted Knight's dynamic with anybody who is remote, like you know, he's so he's such a. He's like the original he, conservative. He is on the far one side of the spectrum. Like he can't get and anybody who's even middling or just on the other side and him is that's what made him so great with Rodney Dangerfield um, on uh, Caddyshack. That's what made him, you know, he was sort of the op, you know, he, he was kind of the aloof um, full of himself anchor on Mary Tyler Moore, 
and and so his interaction. Watch much of that show. Uh, with, with, oh my God, the interactions with him and Ed Asner on there, yeah. and even Mary Tyler Moore's character, and oh, I, I mean, the Betty White yeah. and, and the and the woman she just died a couple of years ago. She was the the mother-in-law on Everybody Loves Raymond. I can't remember what her name was. Yeah, I know the face. Uh, Georgina Kashner. Does that sound right? I think I mean, that's that's who it was. You're entering the realm of Bulkopedia. She was oh god, I, like and you know it's not like I watched every episode of Mary Tyler Moore, but I watched enough where it was it was really great. Oh, and then Murray on that show was great. Ah, oh, there's <laughs> there's a great cast. All right, moving on. Jeff in Egan, Minnesota. Dear Carl and Derek, this is a decision I haven't wrestled with all season, but I am this week. Do I play AJ Brown over Tyler Boyd in Week Ten? Dave, what would you do if you were facing that decision? Uh, now that we know that Corey Davis probably will not be playing, A.J. Brown gets the Chiefs secondary at home. Uh, they are six-point dogs in a total of 49-and-a-half. Tyler Boyd, on the flip side, is at home uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. Total of 44-and-a-half. They are 10-point dogs with uh, Ryan Finley starting at quarterback. I, I'm so certain Boyd. I, I feel like Boyd is way better of a talent than A.J. Brown. He's more productive, has been more productive. The problem with Tyler Boyd is that but at the end of the first half, you're going to be, you're going to be tweeting at me and being like, Gerzak, you're an idiot, because he'll have one catch for two yards. But by the end of the game, he'll have like seven for 79 and maybe a touchdown. So it's all garbage time for him. It's, well, mostly, year, yeah, mostly. Well, yeah, I mean, the team is garbage, and they've their whole year is garbage. Yeah. So, like, three-quarters of their games are garbage time. I just don't think – I mean, A.J. Brown could – he A.J. Brown could have, like, a two-for-20 game or something like that. That's funny. I saw a tweet about Corey Davis. I, I forgot who it was, but he was like – Oh great! I was going to get me two for thirteen on seven targets. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, because it is funny, yeah. and it's, you know why? Because it's true. Yeah. And I don't see that AJ. Do you? But, AJ Brown could be. I mean, he's talented. I mean, he could be okay. better. But all right. So let he's me still just, a rookie. Though. Just get real about Corey Davis here for a second. Yes, he sucks. Uh, now you say that, <laughs> but I mean his quarterbacks that he's had over the course of his career, in my opinion, have also sucked. Yeah, that's totally so, true. So I, I don't know how much you can. I, quite frankly, I don't know how talented Corey Davis is yet. Okay, so I'll tell you this. I'll admit this to you about Corey Davis. In Fantasy Sharks League, one dynasty league, I mean, yeah. 20-man rosters, that's as deep as you, you know, I, usually it goes a little bit higher for some of these. I mean, yeah. 20-man rosters, Corey Davis got cut, and I, wow. spent, I spent 80 out of my 200 bidding dollars to get him. Wow. So, I mean, oh, okay, I, so that's like 400 out of a Yeah, so I spent, yeah. I spent what I consider big money to get and roster Corey Davis. A, you know, and that's, it's a valued spot. So I don't love him, but I think there's still plenty of potential to, for him there. Um, I feel like Corey Davis got cut in one, Was it Corey Davis? I think it was. He got cut in one of my dynasty leagues, too, and I think I spent like 300-something. Yeah, it was like 350 bucks, and I got him, and the next closest bid was like 179 or something like yeah, that. I think that's totally worth it. I mean, he's a pedigree player with, like you said, bad quarterback play on a you know, crummy offense. It just doesn't do yeah. much. They don't have enough. They don't run him a lot of plays. You know, things can change for the guy, and he could end up being, a, you know, like a fourth-year breakout or whatever. Right, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. And, and maybe his next team, maybe the, the Titans move on from him, and, and they just decide, hey, we paid Adam Humphreys, we got A.J. Brown, we're going to let Corey Davis go when his rookie contract's up. Maybe they'll – I don't know if they I – th- I still think they pick up his option, but we'll see what happens there. In any event, it doesn't matter because there's going to be a new quarterback in Tennessee next year, right? Uh, Yeah, probably. Yeah, all right. Some, well, some rookie – Justin Herbert. Suck for a while. I yeah, don't know. We'll see. Mike in Iron Mountain, Michigan. Here's a question I never thought I'd ask. Ronald Jones or Joe Mixon this week? I appreciate 
all that you guys well, how do. How the mighty have fallen. How the mighty and how the how the lowly have risen, <laughs> uh, as it were. There you go. Um, Ronald Jones gets a an incredibly juicy matchup this week as he is hosting the Arizona Cardinals. That's a total of fifty one and a half with the Bucks four and a half point favorites in that game, Dave. Wow. We already mentioned that Joe Mixon is a ten point dog with a total of forty four and a half at home against the Ravens. Who would you start, man? Would you be able to do it? Do you have the Stones to play Ronald Jones over Joe Mixon? I do, actually. I, I think that I, you go with what the probable game script is, and Mixon is disappointed, incredibly disappointed owners this year, and the team is disappointed, and yeah. they're huge dogs, and so I, I get it. Is Mixon going to be a huge value in fantasy leagues next year? Does he, does he, does he unfairly fall too much? Is he a third-round pick next year now? I, you know, you, I didn't draft Mixon. I, don't, I, never, I, didn't, I didn't draft him either. I've never thought he's been that good. I thought he's been overrated. I, not, I continue to think that about Mixon. He and did lead the AFC in rushing last year. Whatever. Well, I mean, that is, well, that yeah, is that's something. Fine. What was, what was this, where do you rank as a fantasy? I, I, I couldn't tell you. Like I couldn't 20, tell you. Last year, probably 20-something. Yeah. So, I, I don't think it was that low. I don't low, think but... he's all that great. I just okay. don't think he's all that great. I, so, no, I don't, I'm not interested in him. And I know that there's, he has huge fans out there. And those huge fans should be trying to trade for him in Dynasty because his owners are probably willing to give him up. Let me paint you a picture here, Dave. A picture? A picture. <laughs> you have the 101 next year. You take Christian McCaffrey, okay? In the second and third rounds, I'm trying to think of a good way to, to do this here. Let's say Juju falls to you at the 212, you take him. The answer about the third round is no, I'm not taking that. I'm, that's not my question. The 301 is um, another receiver. Who's the receiver you like in the third round? Let's say Chris Godwin, okay? Sure. You Godwin. will probably go for them, but that's okay. Yeah. Okay, well, whatever. So you, your, your team is McCaffrey, Juju, and Godwin. You're loving life. Comes around in the 412, Joe Mixon's out there. Would you take him? 412, yes. Okay. But you wouldn't take him in the third? Too um, early. No, I would not. Okay. Now, last year, Joe Mixon, on a points-per-game basis, was number uh, running back number nine. Yeah. So that's pretty good. There were 17.38 points a game last year. That's, it's, it's impressive. It really is. You remember, too, one of the, the big things that Cincinnati concentrated on was, was improving their offensive line. They used that, I think it was like a top 15 or a top 10 pick on that big left tackle out of Alabama. Yeah, and they've gotten hurt. And he got hurt right away. So, and then they lost the left, I think it was their left guard that they lost right away to injury, too. So I, th- I think there could be some bounce-back potential with well, Mixon next I year. I think you're right, but, I mean, it, it all does go back to game script a lot of times for running backs. If you're on a team that's 3-13, and 2-14, and 4-12, and 12, you're losing a lot. You're losing a lot of the time. And like Football Outsider says, that, you know, winning is what causes running games. Yeah. Winning is what causes all the – it's really not the other way around. Everybody thinks, oh, you know, when you run the ball, you win. No, it's the other way around. When you win, you end up running the ball a lot because you're winning. And – because they're not winning, they're not running the ball. So you, you have successful teams that run a lot. So there you go. So if you don't, if you don't think that whatever they do in the offseason is going to lead them to a 7-9, 6-10 better record. Then stay away. I would, I would still stay away. I mean, unless, like you said, if it's a 4-12 pick, well, I mean, at that point, how many starting running backs do you have left? I mean, right. There's not that many. Um, other things to consider on that to, to, kind of make, to, to kind of drive your point home, Cincinnati is not going to have A.J. Green next year, most likely. And they're going to have a new quarterback next year, most likely. So there could be a lot of change on that offense, which isn't necessarily always a good thing. You think Zach Taylor's going to be the head coach next year? I mean, probably. They'll probably give him one more year. Okay. Andy Dalton will probably be quarterbacking with the Broncos. Yeah, ah, that would be funny. Or the Bears. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Kenny and Clemson, South Carolina, wraps it up for us this week on the HSFFO. Should I play Josh Allen at the Browns this week or roll with Matt Ryan in the Big Easy? And we did get 
news today that Matt Ryan is, in fact, going to go. He practiced today, and he will start against the Saints. Um, you look at these two games, Dave, uh, Atlanta at New Orleans. New Orleans is a 14-point favorite, the 7-1 Saints hosting the 1-7 and Atlanta Falcons. I'll take the Falcons plus 14. Total on that game is 51-and-a-half. That wasn't the question, but I'm going to get to this in a second. And then Josh Allen on the road in Cleveland. Three-point dog, total of 40-and-a-half. So what are you doing here? Matt Ryan in the higher-scoring game or Josh Allen in the lower-scoring game? Both are on the road. Uh, I'll go with Matt Ryan myself. I think I'd go Josh Allen. You know, I get it. I mean, he runs the ball more. It, it, it's so close. But Matt Ryan on a bad wheel, I don't know. Well, it's not like he needs a wheel to run around. He might. Why? I, the offensive line hasn't been great in, in Atlanta. I mean, he might have to extend some plays. Josh Allen can do that easily. Yeah, that's all right. You know, I, I'll, I'll still stick with the I mean, it's, I, I it's close. It's close. Should we put five on that no, one? No, we're not. Hold on. Let me just look at this here for a second. Make sure I'm <laughs> not screwing myself. <laughs> I mean, whatever. All right. Ah, what the hell? So, <laughs> I, so Matt Ryan... I'll take Matty Ice. Versus Josh Allen. Yeah. Total fantasy points. Sure. In week 10, I got five on Josh Allen. I got five on Matty Ice. I got five on it. That's a, that's a divisional, work. That's divisional game, right? Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta is, yeah. Yeah, you know, divisional games get played closer than people think. I, I think the plus four team. Even though we're the one and seven team? Yeah. Playing for next year? I think they're playing to to do all right. I mean, they're not playing to lose. They're still professionals. Have they given up completely on the coach? I, I don't know. I, yeah, I think I think if there's one coach that I am sure that is going to get fired, it's Dan Quinn at this point. Well, maybe, maybe they like him. I, you know, I, 14 points in the NFL is a lot. And I think historically when you get over 13 points in the NFL, I think the win rate against the spread is like 37, 40% or something like that. It's not, there, not very good. Pop quiz. Even the page, you know, anyway, go ahead. How many punters have has Atlanta had so far this season? Who knows? I don't know. Just take a guess. Two? They're on their fifth punter, Dave. <laughs> punter number five. What They've they been punting punt? so much that they're just running. They're ruining the legs of these poor punters. These guys are like spinal tap drummers? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Atlanta <laughs> Falcon di- punter is the new spinal tap drummer. <laughs> Spontaneous combustion when they're out on the field. Oh, man. Oh, it's insanely disgusting. You know, sports betting, or Clemson, 81-16 at Chatham. For the first time in a while, the Saints D is balling out. And I agree with him, actually. The Saints D is playing really well. Marcus Davenport, the, yeah. the guy that, that they got in that Packers trade, they're, has been great. They're very talented. Very yeah. good, Very good defense. Uh, so that's, take, a, that's the thing to worry about, of course. I mean, they could they could crush. It's possible they crush them like 48-10 to 10 or something like that. I, yeah. I think it's going to be a close game. Divisional games, a lot of times. Well, you just said you would take the Falcons plus 14. Yeah, I would so. take them. I mean, yeah. they, they generally come to play. That's a lot of points, man. It's when you have like a game like the Packers going cross-country to play against the Chargers in a non-conference, non-divisional game. You know, you know then that's when the teams that supposedly are going to win, they're favored by three and a half points. That's when they lose. It's like, oh, who cares? Our friend Farrell Elliott um, on the Kentucky podcast this week, the KFFSC podcast, brought up that take from you about the Packers-Chargers oh, game. Yeah. Well, he had already told me he had bet on it. He and said, I'm like, he's like, oh, man, I'm, like, I'm not he, sure about he, that you one. You know, <laughs> the, the way he phrases it is like, I had already made a small wager <laughs> on the Chargers, but I left it out there, didn't hedge. And no, he, said he, he, had a, he said he bet the Packers. Oh, yeah, on the Packers, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> what about this week at Lambeau? I'm going to be at the game, so I'm, I'm interested. I don't know what the line is. What is it? Uh, five. Five? Yeah. Who would you bet in that game? Uh, I bet Carolina. Carolina plus five. Um, I, at the to- I, I think the total is like 48. How do you see that? 
Um, I don't know. That's close, pretty close. I'm taking the Packers in the over. <laughs> okay, Leroy. Here we go. All right, Leroy. Let's saddle up and ride, baby. Uh, my buddy Leroy, he doesn't take many under. Um, <laughs> Aces, Rebels, uh, our good buddy Lexus in, in the chat room. Who likes the Bears versus who likes the Lions this weekend or both fantasy-wise? Do you like um, – I mean, obviously, the main players uh, on those teams, you know, you're, you're going with, well, how many main players are there? I guess Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Allen Robinson. But outside of that, Montgomery. Montgomery, yeah, I guess he's been pretty good the last he's two weeks. Okay. Uh, total in that game is 41. There's a lot of low totals this week, a yeah, lot of them. A lot of bye weeks and low totals. Yeah. This, this might be a low scoring Yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be insanely low. So try and pound as many of the guys in there as you, as you possibly can in those high scoring games. Um, Lions. Uh, you're fine. Sorry. Lions um, uh, are, are three-point dogs in that game. So you like Galladay and um, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, And then for the Bears, you like Montgomery and Robinson. Nobody else in that game? Uh, I mean, no one I can think of, no. T.J. Hawkinson is the only other one I would consider. Yeah, I mean, in a low-scoring game, Hawkinson's coming kind of up and down, coming around. He's still a yeah. rookie. Mm-hmm. But he, has, he does have the potential to have a touchdown, have a good game. Uh, I, just, I don't know. You think he's a breakout next year? Oh, yeah, for sure. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is he a top five tight end in 2020, or is that going too far? Um, that might be a little bit of a stretch. I so think top it's probably, 10, it's probably, for it's sure. possible, but I think top 10, he's a pretty Got much, it. he should be a lock for top 10. Given his draft pedigree, he's looking pretty good. Um, I, yeah, I think, he'll be, I think he'll be decent. I mean, there's I, a chance he's still bust. I am much, good. much more happy with uh, his future than Noah Fant's future, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I feel like the organization is, is better run, the offense is better, and uh, – as a better overall tight end, I think he's he's shown that. But you know, I don't. You know, Fant. I think Fant has more variability. You know, he might be a big time player, or he might really not end up being that. I mean, yeah. you saw with that seventy five yard touchdown. He's yeah. got he's got the speed. Does have the speed for sure. Uh, remember, you can't say Hawkinson is the best without spelling Hawkinson. No, <laughs> and on that low note, we're going to end the show this week, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank our guest tonight, Patrick Sikinolfi, the leader in the FFPC main event heading into week 10. Good luck to him the rest of the way. Always good to hear from the leader of a contest. I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for putting up with our uh, couple of audio delays tonight. I apologize for that, but thanks for hanging out, dude. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, remember, Joe Bianco's on the high stakes lowdown right now. You can listen to that rotoviz.com slash podcast um, and uh, stream it on the uh, Apple Podcast and Blue Wire Podcast Network as well. I hope the ball bounces your way. It's going to be a rough week 10. Uh, hopefully, you can pull out the win. And of course, your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on a seamless floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. You know, in the latest episode of Do As I Say, Not As I as I do, um, I checked one league after we made that I got five on it wager with Josh Allen and Matt Ryan, where I have both Allen and Ryan yep. as, as my quarterbacks. And you currently have Ryan going? I have Matt Ryan going, yeah. <laughs> what a stone. It's such an idiot. You have to switch it now. This, well, I will now. Or, or, or do I just do it? You, know, my, you can void the bet if you want. My, no, I'm not voiding the bet. Come on. My co-host <laughs> on, um, on the show with Leo and Balky every week, he picks when we have to pick our Packer predictions, he picks that the Packers are going to lose just so he's either right or they win. 
and then we have this beat the bozo segment on our fantasy local fantasy beat show where he funny. you have to pick a quarterback, running back, and receiver, and then we have a caller calling and you try to beat us. And um, he picks three guys he's going against in fantasy every week, <laughs> like that he's worried in his matchup. So either he's right and he crushes beat the bozos, or he wins his fantasy matchup. It's very interesting. Yes, it is interesting, and I chide him for it all the time because he is deliberately misleading people on the show. Chide, I like that word. Not unlike what we do on this show. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we, we did don't it. mislead people. Well, not directly, but I sometimes love we love Andy Isabella. That is true. For president, um, ahead of Bloomberg. Uh, oh, hold on, let's do this. <laughs> I got five on Andy Isabella having a better NFL career than Joey Isabella. <laughs> I'm not betting. I figured as much. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Good luck in week 10, and we'll talk to you next week.